Hello and welcome to the Life Together podcast, where we share in meaningful conversation about living for Christ and loving one another. Thanks for joining today, and we hope you enjoy this episode. All right, well, hey, everyone. Today, I'm here with Katie Birch, and Katie and Taylor have been with us for how long have... I know, I know Taylor grew up here, but how long have you been at Lost River? Dating or officially? <laughs> um, let's see here. Sawyer seven. So officially for me, been a member eight years. Eight but years. Okay. I was coming a lot yeah. earlier than that. Yeah. yeah. So. And then uh, now uh, y'all are here with your two boys, Sawyer and Hawkins. And funny story, um, Sawyer was like one of the very first people that I met at Lost <laughs> River. Now that's it's probably, for anyone who knows Sawyer, it's probably not that surprising. Um, but the first Sunday I was here, um, I was walking out or no, I was greeting people outside because we still weren't allowed to like hang out in the foyer after church because I was during COVID. And so I'm standing outside, we're all masked and everything. And we're all, you know, saying, you know, greeting and saying bye to everyone as they leave services. And I'm getting to, to meet a lot of people. Uh, but one of the one of the first people uh, that I met that morning was was Sawyer, and he just he just came like bouncing along right up to me. Hey, I'm Sawyer Birch, and uh, I mean, anytime you're around Sawyer, it's like you y- you can't help but like your face just kind of lights up with joy. He just brings like this 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 joy and energy, and uh, so yeah, I've always thought about that. How um, Sawyer was one of the very very first people I met at Lost River. Um, and I feel like, uh, just as a family, um, y'all have meant so much. I've, I've only been here for three years, but, um, like just the love and the hospitality that you've shown, um, uh, you and, and Taylor both, I'm just really grateful for, for both of you and for your boys, uh, Sawyer and Hawkins, y'all, y'all mean a lot. Um, and so You're thanks. you make me cry, Jared. <laughs> no, well, thank, thank you for, for joining today. I know we have like a, a lot of things that we want to talk about and not necessarily a clear direction that we like want to take the conversation in. But I know that uh, I know that so much good is is going to come from it. And so before we get into just kind of uh, your journey as a family over the past couple years, um, just give us a, a, a brief update as far as the right here and now. How is life for the Birches? Currently very crazy. Um, <clears throat> Sawyer, our big fundraiser for Sawyer and trifunctional protein is deficiency is October the 14th. And it's the race that you actually started. So in a group. Didn't, yeah, yes, that was a did. huge There was team a group. Effort. But well, real real quick on that, it was funny because we had, um, I I I I didn't necessarily plan on talking about this, but since 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 we're on the subject, um, I it was funny we we at that time we were having a a lot of devos, and yeah. uh, for like the young adult college age group, and uh, all of us, you know, like y- you and uh and Taylor were so good. I felt like at connecting with that age group. And so 
uh, I think we had a couple devos at y'all's house. And so, you know, everyone had become, I feel like pretty connected, you know, in, in with Sawyer and Hawkins as well. And so, uh, when, you know, when, when it was announced at church, um, the, the diagnosis, um, you know, everyone really felt the weight of that. And so, the next Devo, we were all just kind of like brainstorming, like, hey, what's something we could do? And it started with a car wash. <laughs> like that, we were like, we were like, okay, itty ideas, like let's just try something. <laughs> and then I can't remember who it was. It may have been, <clears throat> I think it was McKenzie or maybe McKenzie and Briley both who had the idea of like a race. Um, and, and then we just tried to, you know, put our best foot forward and, and, you know, try something. And, um, I know that I I was the whole time I was so concerned that we were going to put like just extra unwanted pressure on y'all. Um, and I sometimes still like worry about that, but I, I, I love that now it's like each year, it seems like it's grown. And now year three, it's, um, I would say much more, uh, official. We're a legit and race yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, so that's... Not running in my neighborhood. <laughs> right, and I know that, like, just through the conversation that started that one night in the, wherever we had the devotion that night has led to this and has, uh, I mean, how many, how many thousands of dollars has that raised for research at this point? Uh, let's see here. So far with our donations this year, we would be at almost, in our time, $250,000. And that's not not including what was raised for us when insurance wasn't covering Sawyer's medicine, which was $10,000 every two weeks. So that was, we were just overwhelmed with all of it. I mean, just the, it's like I, there was so much, uh, we were just so humbled that people were so generous and wanting to help. And it meant the world to us because we were just almost numb. Mm -hmm. You know, there was just so much hitting us all at once. And so we were, I I remember y'all coming to my house and suggesting it. We were sitting on the back deck and- I'll never forget y'all coming around because we were playing with the boys. And I was just like, okay, okay. And then I remember thinking, oh, no, (laughs) I don't think I can do this. But y'all were so great. And you did all of it. I just had to talk to people. And and it was hard. And it's still hard talking to people. But Mm -hmm. it Sawyer's life is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that was... um, that was actually, I've told people this, but that, that night was actually one of my favorite nights since I've moved here to Bowling Green. And then that's amazing to hear like what has come from that. Um, and it definitely shows both, I think the love and support that, uh, how loved y'all are and the support that you have. And then also just the work that God is doing in this and the answered prayers, um, so I know, I know as, as, as we're talking about this, I'm sure that there, there could be some people who are listening who are either new to Lost River or are not from Lost River. And they're like, what, in, what are y'all even talking about right now? People? Yeah. They're like <laughs> picking up the pieces of the puzzle, trying to put it together. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll 
kind of, uh, I guess, get back into that at, at, at some point. But um, so the race is coming up. That's why yes. we brought that up. The race yes. in it's two weeks, right? Yes. Not this. Not October the 14th. So okay. is that not this Saturday, but the Two, two Saturdays. Two Saturdays. Yeah. yeah. But you when, can't tell my brain's yeah. not working because I'm like, well, I, yeah. what well, am I'm, I doing? I'm bad with dates, so I, I, don't, I don't remember them very well. But okay. So yeah, two weeks. And, um, and if you have not signed up, that, that, that yeah. would be, this is a great plug for that. Um, uh, and I'll probably plug it at the end as well. But um, uh, we'll link the run sign up on uh, awesome. the podcast and everything. And you can also like Google to like run the Maple 5k run sign up. And I think it should like pop up on, on Google as okay. well. So okay. just make sure it's the one that says yeah. <laughs> Kentucky and not right. some random one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and also it doesn't have to be a run just to be clear. This is a yes. very, uh, the past two years, it's been a very, just, uh, you know, go at your own pace, walk, slow walk, crawl crawl <laughs> yeah yeah um and then some some people run it too but anyway it's well it's, and this uh, year well we time. we've always kind of done in the past because like you said just the the kindness of strangers from all over yeah that have helped us and we have family and friends like that don't live here and so having that virtual option right and i mean really you could sign up for the virtual option but you don't really have to do it you'll still get the shirt and, <laughs> and yeah. the money's appreciated obviously yeah, but um, the lord will know no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but god is yeah, watching right. and uh <laughs> but yeah this year for sure i wanted to make sure that it was something like we have a kids run and we have the one mile walk and then we have the 5k and and so wanting to encompass everyone that we could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. And I totally understand why right now is a crazy time preparing for that. And, um, if it's all right with you, like, let's just go back to that day or maybe that week and talk about what that initial experience was like, and then move us through what this journey has been like as a family. Um, ironically, I guess I might kind of start before that and mm -hmm. just say, cause it kind of, I, so when Sawyer was born, you do these newborn screens that mm -hmm. test genetics for things. And he scored for, um, another metabolic disorder. Well, we essentially lived for a whole month, like he had this metabolic disorder and then we got the genetic testing back that said he wasn't even a carrier for this. And we couldn't believe it. We were like, oh, mm. my goodness. And and through that month and a half that we had to live like this, I had to feed him every two hours. There was all this specialty stuff we were having to do. And being used when I did pediatric nursing, I saw so many sick kids that like their families just kids are so resilient that they lived in these terrible home situations. And so I just prayed as devastated as I was, I through my tears, thanked the Lord that they gave us this child, mm. you know, cause I knew that no matter what, no matter what sickness, like we would give him the best life we could, yeah. you know? And so that was very validating. I guess when it came back, we were just, 
amazed like he wasn't mm-hmm. even a carrier of this you know we're like what in the world and um that's so bizarre and then we kind of started life and then I started noticing things and started asking questions and um he he kind of got to about the age of two and a half and was he would fall all the time and I just thought you know I was like get up you know Good Lord gave you two legs, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold you all the time. And it just got more and more obvious, like him struggling to keep up and he fell and he um, would walk on his toes like a gorilla. And like now we know he can't feel his toes very well. And uh, he got the flu and he lost the ability to walk. And so there were all these things that kept coming out in my head and that I had doctors, you know, kind of look at me like I was crazy and I just went with my gut and I'm glad I did and when I had doctors that validated me it was like thank you Lord like I needed that because it was kind of right when I'd be discouraged and so fast forward to me finally just pushing like I want a full genetic panel done on him and the doctor that did it he essentially acted as if I was crazy and he wanted to wait a whole nother year Sawyer was in leg braces at this point and I said no I'm not going to wait a year for him to have a muscle wasting disease and he loses a whole year of muscle mass and so that's when we got the finding out that he had the genetics for trifunctional protein deficiency and ironically enough I say all that to say because I was actually on a girl's trip (laughs) with girls that are members here that are some of my best friends. And I know that that's not anything but God because Mm -hmm. we were having a fun time. We had gone to Disney World and I was in the middle of the Peter Pan ride (laughs) and I saw that it was a Vanderbilt number calling me. And Mm -hmm. I said, I've got to get off. I've, I've got to get off right now. And so I took the phone call and... I'm standing there and I'm looking around and it's this doctor and I can't hear him very well and it's loud and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to write all this down like some, you know, this is it. This is the phone call. And um, so I'm looking at all these families. I'm like, they don't have a pen and paper. And so I see this guy like 15 feet from me. And of course, a parade's going by. It's like all the trifecta of terrible sounds. And I was like, I need a pen and a paper and I need it now. And so he got me a receipt and a Sharpie Mm. and it was windy. And so he sat there and held it down on top of a trash can. And I was just taking notes of what it is. And as I was going through the conversation, I was crying and I was shaking and he realized that this was a bad conversation. And so he started directing, you know, all these people, I need bottled water. I need more pen papers. Mm. And so when I got off the phone, I was, he was like, ma'am, I need need you to calm down, you know, which, what do you want to do? Do you need to get out? Do you need to make phone calls? And there's a lot of other details of the story that's just hilarious and and comforting and amazing. But come to find out, he was the, like, second in command at Disney World. And I'm like, what are the odds of that being the person that could get me anywhere I needed to get at that moment? And he did. Like, I saw Mm -hmm. back ends of Disney World that y'all wouldn't even know existed and um and that I was there with some of my dearest friends and the you know we couldn't go to the doctor it was a few days Taylor told me stay 
stay down there. You've got a couple more days of your girl's trip. And he was like, you're just going to come home and cry. So he was like, enjoy your time. And so I fully, I don't think it's ironic that God gave me that news in what's supposed to be the happiest place on earth mm. with some of my dearest friends. And so it was, it was disorienting, you know, like I would, I would laugh, but the joy of social media and us just kind of vegging out within four hours of me getting that diagnosis, we were on Facebook and I had already found a mom with a kid that has mm. TFB. And when they're less than a hundred worldwide, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of a big deal, but I'm like, you put all my friends on this and, and we found them and found whoever we could. And I was on Facebook groups and, you know, asking questions. And I was just amazed that that's, and so it was like, I got home. And after that, it was just a whirlwind of doctor's appointments. And, um, so, um, initially the, the leading world specialist is in Pittsburgh, Dr. Vockley. Um, and he's, there's only like three in the world that treat TFP. And so when we, First off, our, our checkup was at Vanderbilt before we went to see Dr. Bockley. And I was downplaying them. I was like, well, I'm not listening really to anything they say until I get to Bockley because they don't know what they're talking about. They've never treated this. <clears throat> well, come to find out when we get there, their whole team had researched all of this. The doctor had actually trained underneath Dr. Bockley. Hmm. Of all doctors in the whole U.S. to train under, she had trained with Dr. Vockley, and she had already cared for two patients that had something very similar to Sawyer. And so I was like, okay, you have my attention now, mm. you know. And, and um, they were just amazed, you know, in pure Sawyer fashion. They and, and God, like they were preparing us for a heart transplant by the age of six. And um, – they, she called me the next morning from her personal cell phone and she was like, his heart is fine. She said, I have no idea why, but his heart is okay and it's fine. And I'm, I'm like, wow, like it, there's just so many things that she, you know, that we, they've, he's just denied the odds. Mm-hmm. And so it was very, a lot of ups and a lot of downs, a lot of just emotions all over the page and things that you just randomly call friends and ask that your mind's just going some weird way. And then it's like, okay, that's all I need. (laughs) And they're like, okay, bye. You know, it, it was just, it was an absolute whirlwind Mm. and uh, amazingly, you know, Taylor and I react differently, you know, men and women, but our personalities are different in that. And it, I don't think it's, you know, just ironic that times that Taylor was not doing well, I was okay ish mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, vice versa. And I know that that's not, and then there were times we won't, we won't, we were both not doing well. And, yeah. but for the most part, it really made us be like, I wouldn't want to be doing this with anyone else. Like yeah. we, we we're going to do this. And so here we are. Yeah. With that. Yeah. <laughs> with that week and di- or weeks and diagnosis and so. Yeah. Wow. Well, what I hear in that is like the Lord providing for you over and over again and 
kind of just the way that you express some of those things, like from <clears throat> the moment you found out, you know, here you are the happiest in the happiest place on right. earth, finding out this news, but surrounded by your closest friends and in contact with the the most important person that you could be connected with in that moment. Right. And then uh, again, as you try to navigate your way through this just uh, wave of information that hit you, all of a sudden you've got a whole army at your disposal right. that the Lord has given you to go <laughs> and, 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 and figure these things out and get you connected with other people. And then uh, the the doctor um, getting in, in, in touch with uh, the doctors at Pittsburgh and then all along you and Taylor being able to do that together and yeah. realizing that God gave you one another for this. Yeah. And then I guess overall that, that God blessed you with this amazing boy who's, according to the doctor, whose heart is fine. Yeah. And to know Sawyer, that's the biggest understatement ever. <laughs> <laughs> Sawyer's heart is amazing. Um, so I love. it's so encouraging just to hear God working through your story. Uh, there's a passage that I came across actually er earlier today that reminded me of y'all. And it's Colossians 1 in verse 11. And it's when Paul, he prays, uh, from the day that we heard. And what I, what I, the way it hit me thinking about our conversation today was like when the day when we heard, like, this news that um, Sawyer uh, was diagnosed with TFP. We have not ceased to pray for you, being for you to be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. And I'm like, if that's not an answered prayer, like that's what <laughs> I hear and and see from y'all. Um, and I know that so many people have shared that prayer, um, but. I know that through all the prayers, it, it that doesn't mean that every moment's been easy. Yeah. Um, and so, as much as you're willing to share, what what has that experience been like, just internally for you, or maybe for your your family, however far out you want to extend that kind of inner circle? Um, how? What what have the the highs and lows been like? Um, what have been some of the the funny moments where you could kind of like take a deep breath and uh, and then what have been some of the moments where it's really hit y'all just how real this is and how how hard has that been for you and for your uh, for your faith through through all of this. Shoo. <laughs> um, <clears throat> by no means has it been easy. And it's, I struggle with it, honestly, every moment, every day. And um, I already saw a counselor um, before Sawyer's diagnosis, but um, I was mad. I was, I was, you know, I was, I was thankful and mad all at the same time. You know, I'm thankful that this child was given to me because I, I will do everything I can, you know, to take care of him. And, um, but I was, I was 
And I knew that the Lord had already taken care of him. I mean, it was like a friend of ours said, God can handle it. Like God's going to meet you where you're at. He He knows that your baby has gotten this terrible diagnosis and he knows that. And I tell you, it was, it was almost like the Lord was wooing me back. Like it was, I mean, multiple times a day, stuff would just happen. I would have a thought and a song would come on and, or I would be upset and a text message would come through from someone random that I'm not even close to just like, Hey, just felt like I needed to pray for you right now. And I want you to know I'm doing that. And so it it did get comical almost where I was like, all right, Lord, I see you. Like, I'm still, I'm still not happy with you right now, but I see you, you know? And, and so it became, I, I kept a list on my phone and then I, it ended up getting deleted and I, and I hate that it did because there was just so many things that it could have not been anything, but the Lord. And, um, so that's, it has, when I try and focus on those things, because my option is to suffocate in the floor every single day and sob and be mad, or I can have faith or at least try to have faith. And, and basically you know, I don't know why bad things happen. I don't know why bad things happen to good people. That's something I'd really like to know the answer to, you know. But um, but at the same time, I know I'm not going to get that answer and I'm not going to be able to make sense of it. And so my only way to be a good mom and is to focus on, on God and how much he's protected us thus far. And... um just realizing like with the knowledge I have today, Lord, with the knowledge of you, I don't understand, but I'm trying to serve you and I'll try and use this outlet any way I can to glorify you and find that, you know, within you and, and, and just Sawyer himself and, and even Hawkins, they just, things that they've just done for each other, um, is just encouraging Sawyer was wearing leg braces and Hawkins at like 18 months old, Sawyer could barely get off the couch and he would bring his leg braces over and knew that Sawyer had to have those to be able to get up and walk. And I'm just like the amount of care and simple things that give me faith are amazing. I know that Hawkins is protective of Sawyer and he wants to push him in his wheelchair and you know, I can remember some kids were at our house kind of wrestling and they were getting too rough with Sawyer. And Hawkins, I mean, he was still in a diaper and he couldn't talk much. And he came around that corner, buddy, and he was like, no, 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 no. And so I'm like, well, at least I know they've got each other's backs. But Hawkins is a fierce protector. And, um, and honestly, things that keep me going is just looking back on our story and Things that just didn't make sense at the time make sense now. And, um, you know, I had always told Taylor after seeing kids that I took care of, if I, if we ever had a child with a genetic, some sort of something, I I don't want to ever take that risk to have another child, you know, and, and run the risk of having another child with some sort of disease. And that was just something, an agreement we made. And so had we known all of this when Sawyer was born, we wouldn't have Hawkins. And, and even then I had two high risk pregnancies and 
um, I had cancer risk for myself and they cautioned me like you really don't need to have more kids and so um we were after Hawkins we were planning on being done but I mean he was almost two by the time Sawyer had a diagnosis and I'm like you know had we not had all this done and 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 thoughts of already not having children we would have had another child with the possibility of having TFP and I'm just like what are the at the time, it didn't make sense why I had all these things for me and my health personally, but now it does. Like the Lord protected us, and Hawkins is our own little miracle because we wouldn't have him, and what a joy he is to our life. And so there's not a way when I'm down and sad, I just have, I just can't put myself there. And not that I don't go there, and it's hard talking about it especially with the race I have to talk and I don't mind to talk about it in a day-to-day life like that's fine but it's it can become encompassing so I I I fully feel from the Psalms I cry out to the Lord because there have been so many times that's what I do and um it was a morning I was driving to Vanderbilt for a checkup and I was it was just one of those times where it just hit me and I was sobbing the whole way down there and asking the Lord why. And, um, so we get there or I get there and the little nurse tech, I'd never seen her before. And she's taking my vital signs and she turns around and her t-shirt says faith over fear. And I was just like, it was again, one of those times that the Lord just smacked me in the face like being like I've got it just yeah keep on keep on keeping on you know and and that's that's just there's so many times I repeat that to myself over and over again like faith over fear faith over fear because there's a lot of fear Mm -hmm. and I can do you know being a nurse and managing his medicine and and regimens and schedules and all the things we have to do like I can do everything right and perfect and it's still might not be enough. And so that's the the hard part is knowing I have no control over this at all. Yeah. And which it just shows like how much no one has control over anything. Mm-hmm. But that has become my mantra because I live in fear and stifling that every day is so hard and trying to convince myself to have faith even Mm -hmm. when I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Uh, You also mentioned in there something about uh, receiving counseling and therapy. Um, At what point in the journey did you begin looking toward that? Has that been something that's been a part of your life for a while? Have you consistently seen a therapist or was that something that came about after uh, Sawyer's diagnosis and this journey as a family. Um, when did that come about? And then how has that proven to be uh, really helpful and, and beneficial for you? I've always gone to counseling, um, probably since I was a teenager and um, off and on through the years. And I had already set up with a counselor here and I've always made a point to have a Christian counselor because I felt like there were so many different ways that they could 
point you and um that was just different than than others and um it was actually being here was my my first time having a male counselor and I wasn't sure how I was gonna like it and um <clears throat> he has just been amazed I've been amazed by his knowledge of the scripture and his ability to just quote passages and I just there's so many times where I'm shocked I think that's something I've always been amazed by with therapy is when I go in and things that I thought were bothering me I just start talking and what I thought was bothering me is not at all what's coming out for this hour-long session you know Mm -hmm. and Sometimes I go in there and I just, we both have dogs and we talk about our dogs the whole time. And, and, but then that can lead us to something else that we, you know, are, are talking to. And, and so it, it's very nice to be kind of reined back in by an unbiased Christian opinion and, and help to just like, remember solidify this you know and Mm -hmm. he was one that helped me you know see to do different exercises you know and and one thing he was like write it all out to the lord Mm -hmm. all you want to do write it all out and i did and write out your prayer and write out what you're upset about and um then when i was (laughs) when i wrote all this out he was like and i want you to light it on fire (laughs) and um so here I am on my back deck, you know, at like 1 a.m. and with my chili pot and lighting something on fire. And Taylor's like, I hope you don't burn down the house out there. But it was just, you know, as it went up, you know, the the smoke and kind of the ashes, like I was just like, Lord, it, it I, I understand like why that was such a visual because I felt like it was raising up to him. And not that I don't pray to him, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was just such a visual of like that being from me on earth going up to the sky. And um, it just, I I love our back porch. I love where our trampoline is because we can see a bunch of stars Mm -hmm. and the moon always shines on that side of the house. And so we actually, the boys and I do lay out on the trampoline a lot, but it's just that this, this beautiful pure night and it, it was just solidifying that he's like, I'm hearing you. I've got it, you know, and yeah. and I, I have appreciated the exercises that he's helped me work through and, and just listening and, you know, comforting me almost in a dad way, mm-hmm. you know, like the Lord, you are his child. Like he understands he's not going to stop loving you. Yeah. You can be mad at him. You can be upset, and you can not understand why. He's like, but he's there, and he can handle it, hmm. just like you can handle it with your children. <clears throat> wow. I, I It's so interesting to hear because I, I know it doesn't seem like this is as common now, but I know that for a while there's just been a lot of skepticism about counseling and therapy from some like Christian circles, and then sometimes it's also just a – a like a personal reservation that that people may have um, mm-hmm. about uh, seeking help in that way. You know, I think sometimes people wrestle with the idea that uh, I just need to to pray to God and He'll take it away. <clears throat> like I, it's just because I'm not being spiritual enough or I don't right. have enough faith. 
And it's like, no, like God has, has given us resources and, um, and, and I, I, I do think your, your point is so important that as much as we can seeking out help from a Christian perspective is definitely the way to go. Um, uh, but I, I think sometimes people can be leery or hesitant, maybe not necessarily about other people doing it, but have these reservations themselves, uh, that they should just be able to, to pray and it go away. And, and I, I think that's so important to realize that we do need that outside help. And it sounds like for you, that has been so helpful. And it's interesting hearing about the, some of the practices that, uh, he's, he's, uh, taught or, or given mm-hmm. or prescribed um i think it's it's interesting how we we tend to make spiritual disciplines such a immaterial thing where it's like it's just something that goes on in our brains mm-hmm. right like it's all cognitive um i just you know uh shoot up this prayer in my mind and it goes somewhere but we're such, I mean, we are embodied beings and the, our, our physicality matters. And I think it matters in terms of prayer too. And so having this like visual connection, it's not just a mind trick. It's like, this really does do something. It it really does help to uh, to see and visualize. Like, I think that's why, um, I mean, like in the old Testament, you had so many visual things Mm -hmm. that were associated with, uh, what God instructed the Israelites to do. Um, and I think sometimes we kind of miss out on that in modern Christianity. Um, and so practices like that sounds so helpful. And I've tried to start doing some things like that. Um, I haven't tried, uh, burning the, the, uh, <laughs> the vomit journaling <laughs> where you just write out all your, you need to borrow my chili pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but things like that, I, I think are so helpful. So I know that was a bit tangential, but, um, I think that's, that's really, uh, interesting to hear and, and really encouraging and insightful. Um, well, the mind is so, powerful and that's what it initially started is is you can let stuff build up in your mind and and there's stuff that you're just predisposed predispositioned to be yeah and that's and god didn't mess up he didn't screw Mm. you up you know like you're not a whoopsie and um you know it, it was kind of like somebody explained it to me like you have a cup and sometimes you can't help all these things that have happened to you. And sometimes your cup just overflows mm-hmm. and you've got to let it out somewhere. You know, how, how do you let it out? You know, and some people can do that within working out or um, <clears throat> just to keep that cup. Maybe your cup stays full, you know, and not that it ever goes empty, but at least that's where therapy has helped kind of swipe that overflowing yeah. out and, and like you said, I was just sitting here thinking like all the times that Jesus used visuals, you know, yeah. walking on the water or making sure after, you know, on the cross he ate and people were like, oh, like he's, you know, like <laughs> he's a real human. He's a yeah. real human. Like he didn't have to do that. Like 
but he made the visual. And there's so much that with the way our brain works, you know, and I can kind of geek out on it because I love psychiatric nursing and stuff. But um, yeah, go ahead. It just well, like there's just so much like especially I read this book called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm, And you don't realize how much your brain can change or how much physical things can come about from stress mm-hmm. and your and your body will start you know breaking down and having these issues that you can't control but you're you're having them yeah you know and and so it's um it's just like a lot of times in in pediatrics um children having stomach issues it might not be a stomach issue it it could very well be most likely anxiety and Mm. you know a lot of things play out in the gi tract that are actually psychological Mm. things that are going on especially in kids um so it's just very you know you can have the guilt you know the false guilt that's been another thing that my therapist has really helped me see is you know it's like you said there is that mentality of oh, you just need to pray more or your faith isn't strong and and that's why you have to go or you're weak. And actually, I think it's very, um, very strong to go and let yourself be vulnerable. And, you know, and and it does say, I can't remember the passage, like cast your burdens on each other. And like, okay, the whole point is us being broken people, you know, and... So there's such a strength in in relying on others for help, which is also circle back around to smack me upside the head when I'm stressing over people helping me with Sawyer stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what you were saying there, it, it uh, reminded me, I think the, the passage that you were talking about is, I think it's First Peter 5, 12, cast all your anxieties on him for yes. he cares for you. The passage that I was thinking of is when Paul prays for the Ephesians and he says in verse 14, he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then he says, now to him who's able to do far more abundantly beyond all we ask or think, according to the power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Um, it's like the 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 thing that strengthens our inner being is to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Like what is the thing that, that, that sustains us? What is the thing that brings life and healing? Uh, what is the thing that gives us strength that is so different and maybe even strange from the world's point of view? It's, it's knowing the love of Christ in a way that fills us with the fullness of God. Um, 
and that happens, I think, often through these like spiritual exercises. Um, and what is also interesting about that to me is so much of what I hear from Christian counseling is drawing modern day Christians back to the ancient path. Yeah. It's like, this is what Christians did throughout the centuries. Like it's very well documented how the early Christians practice many of these spiritual disciplines in very like embodied ways. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and so a lot of it is just uh, like, it's, it's not for people who are lacking in faith or anything like that. It's like, no, this is just going back to the way that we were always meant to be sustained and filled by the Lord. And in modern Christianity, we've just kind of forgot that. We've yeah. we've lost uh, our use of those spiritual practices, and we don't even know how to how to get back into them. Like, if it was at one point like riding a bicycle for ancient Christians, it was just part of what they did. Now the modern church at large has just kind of forgotten how to ride that bike, and we need those tools and disciplines again. Um, and so that's really interesting to to hear about, like just from, from your perspective on, on all of that and how helpful that's been. Um, any, uh, anything else on like the counseling aspect of it and the ways that that's been helpful? I guess just like <clears throat> encourage people that it's not, it's not wrong, you know, and, and to make sure who you reach out to be careful of who you get counseled with and, you know, and, and there can be preconceived notions and preconceived ideas. And so just trying to figure it out through a lot of thought and prayer, you know, what you feel like. And and sometimes, I mean, for me, every time it's kind of been, usually I've had a better experience with somebody who didn't know me from the get-go. Mm. And I could tell my story too, and they could look at my life as – what I've brought to you and not, oh, well, I saw you over here, yeah. you know, and kind of have these already preconceived, which is great that you can get counsel from people, you know, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, but when it comes to something that like you're really struggling with, you know, I would, I would encourage you to find someone trustworthy and like you said, just bringing you back to the basics. I think, I think something that is always, um, you know, when when people are like, oh, you just need to pray more, kind of maybe going a different way is, you know, I think we all get stuck in wanting to do these elaborate prayers. And, yeah. you know, we have to pray so long to ask for different things. And, you know, I, I can only ask God so many times in one prayer, like, please help cure my kid, please help his day, you know, please comfort him in, in pain, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, or let your will be done or or whatever I'm praying on. But, you know, we're told to pray without ceasing. And, you know, uh, I have a friend who recently said, you remind me of of Mary when she talks about Jesus and she stored those things up in her heart. Mm. And I, you know, because I was telling her, I said, you know, something simple of him like going upstairs or leaping off of, you know, a step is such 
a miracle for him where he used to not be even able to go anywhere without leg braces, you know, and it's like these little things all through the day, you know, that I'm like, thank you, Lord, for that little joy, you know, or thank you. And and the amount of times I tear up and that I just say thank you for that. And, you know, or, or he falls or it's like brought up in, you know, his, his, his deficits are brought up and it's obvious. And I'm just like, Lord, please, you know, please help us, you know, please help him. And, and so it's not, not, it's, I don't, it's not wrong to just have these little prayers throughout the day. Cause that's how I feel like, I don't feel like I have the time. Well, not that I don't have the time. I, I didn't mean it that way. I meant like, there's not, a lot of times that I do sit down and just have elaborate prayers. It's like I feel like I have a running conversation with the Lord all yeah. day long in, instead of these times. And maybe that's not the right way to do it. But um, I just I feel like I do just continuously pray to him, you know, rather than having these sit down moments. And and on the subject of praying and anxiety, sorry, but I, I can't pray at nighttime before I go to bed because it upsets me and for you know things that I struggle with then I don't sleep well or then I'm thinking about it and I can't and I can't go to sleep you know and that's something with like just you know psychologically with the brain you know I, I I pray not kind of at the classic times that you think about praying you know and and um and I don't think there's anything you can be a not saying I'm like great Chris Christian over here, but there's not one way to be to pray, or mm-hmm. there's not one way to be a Christian. There's not one way to get over things. You know, God is meeting you where you are, and He knows you and your heart. Yeah, I like the way I heard someone put it one time that it's not it's not necessarily about making time for God as much as it is about bringing God into our time. Or maybe another way of putting it is like becoming aware of God's presence in our time. And that sounds like that's kind of what you've been doing, um, where it's it's noticing all of the little hints of God's presence that it's like, I'm right here, I'm right here, and then thanking God for those moments um and becoming more and more aware of of his presence and his nearness with you that it doesn't have to be making time for god with this long elaborate prayer right right but that he's near and that he's with you and that can those moments can uh come frequently to sustain you to the next one and the next one and the next one and uh creating an awareness of like God is God is with me in this and that leads to kind of one one other question that I I was curious about um uh you you've mentioned before how like throughout this journey one of the questions or one of the things that you, the conclusions I guess you've come to is like how could anyone not believe that there is a God. Right. And so you you were just talking about um, you know, how through prayer and these different practices of prayer and these spiritual disciplines that it's helped you become more and more aware of God's nearness and his involvement in your life. 
and in this world. Um, what has led you to that conclusion where so many people in your situation would say, I don't see how there could be a God in the midst of what I'm going through. How could he let all of this happen? There's no way that there could be a good God who would allow all of this. And yet you've kind of come to the exact opposite conclusion, not without challenge and difficulty and frustration and doubt, but through it, you've still hung on to this like resilient conclusion uh, that no, how could there not be a God? So kind of explain like just the rationale behind that. I know in some ways it's like, that's the point. It doesn't exactly make sense, right. but, but talk about just how you've come to that resolve. I think it's, I'm not going to lie. Like it's questioned, you know, some people will be like, Oh, I've never questioned God. And I'm like, that's, that's really great. Like, I'm glad you, you've, you've had that where you, you've never experienced something that has made you have that in your faith is, is amazing. But I mean, I'm imperfect and I absolutely have questioned like why and, and things that I've seen being a pediatric nurse, like what in the world? And, and I don't know, I don't know why, but the bad things happen. And I, and I hate that they do. Um, and I know it's just where sin was brought into this world. And, and there's so much that my brain can go down rabbit trails and, and reeling and, and it's like, okay, I can do that. And I can just be bitter and not have hope and not the the option kind of like I think I said earlier was to suffocate in the floor all day, be negative, be bitter, you know, and, and how is that going to play around to my kids and being a mom and how's that an example going to be? For them, kids will humble you <laughs> and um, really make you think differently about things. But there's, I think, and and the options don't look too great for the bad side. You know, having the doubt, I have it. I have doubts, but my, I can either live in that negativity or I can choose to see God. And it's kind of like when people say or or they're like, Oh, I'm in I'm I'm interested in a white truck. Well, then now you're gonna see every white truck there is out there, you yeah. know, and whereas you might not have seen that before. Like it is a absolute choice to see or try to see, or even just the simple things, you know, and realize that's that's the Lord, you know, and and um I don't, and in and, and having my doubts, it's like I said earlier, that it's almost comical. Some of the things that just don't make sense, like that should not happen. Sawyer's life, he should be dead. Like the, the doctors literally look at him and they're like astounded. They're, they're you know, his doctor said something the other day about something I asked her. And she said, well, I wouldn't doubt it because he defies all the odds. Like he, the odds are against him and he's denying it and knocking them down. And, and it's not something I did. You know, it's 
there's got to be something else working here. And, and I can, I know what the scripture says. I know what Jesus did and said and what he can do. And I don't understand why he doesn't move a mountain and, and just snap his fingers and say he's cured, you know, and as much as I want him to do that. But what I, I've realized with different things that I've experienced in life is sometimes you can pray for something and God will in, answer it in the most unconventional way that you never thought to even think that that's how he was going to answer the prayer. Yeah. And and there's times you don't even know why. I don't know why my kid was given this disease, you know, but I'm sure going to fight to try and save him and get him a cure while I can. And my, like I said, I, I, I don't know how people can go through something like this and not have the comfort and I and I would and I hate for someone to go through this and not have that comfort like because that's I know how much pain that I constantly feel and I can't imagine that pain without the comfort of the Lord encouraging me and me seeing the little the little snippets that he Hmm. puts in our lives and blesses us with and it's our hardships have I feel like Job and my friend was like, you know what? Maybe you were just supposed to be a Job and you never understand. And, and I don't understand, but I know with the knowledge I have today, with the knowledge of the scripture and the, and the love that God can look at my heart and know, I don't understand, but I'm sure I'm going to try my best to serve him and through my doubts, trust in him. And because I know he knows my heart and he knows how to meet me where I'm at. And um, if I go through this life and I've gotten it wrong and, you know, I, you know, there is no God, like what in the world? At least I've lived my life positive with hope or I could go ahead and say there's no God or there's no anything and I can live a miserable life. And so the options... Uh, it, it even, <clears throat> I guess, just kind of looking down the middle of it, looks pretty good to be a believer in God yeah. versus not, you know, and yeah. and um, that it's the more positive way and, and helps you survive. I don't know what I'd do yeah. if I didn't have him. Yeah, I know Lawrence has said to me before, and I'm sure he shared this with others, but how he's never seen someone's life get better by encountering a trial and deciding to walk away from God. Right. That doesn't give every answer. No. And that doesn't like make Christianity uh, empirically true, objectively true, but experientially, um, uh, I, I think it is, it is true to say like how how do you get through these times without without that? Um, and I thought it was interesting how you talked about kind of what we focus on and what we give attention to, um, and how that shapes us and how we see the world. Like if we see the 
the bad, if we choose to focus on everything that's going wrong, that's quickly what our world is going to become, and that's all we're going to be able to see. But the same is true in the opposite direction, and that's, I think, exactly Jesus' point in Matthew 6 when he talks about don't be anxious or worried about anything, about what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to wear, or you could you know, make a whole list of things that people worry about beyond those things, many of which are very valid fears, like where's the next meal going to come from, or how are we going to get through this as a family? Um, but then he, he pivots and he, he starts talking about, like, look at this. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. Look at how God is actually working and taking care of his creation and how much more infinitely valuable are you. Right. And <clears throat> and it's like that, that uh, it, it almost feels like, I don't know, Jedi-like of Jesus to be like, <laughs> look, let me give you this tool. Let me give you this trick. It's right. Like, it, it may, trick's not the right way of putting it, but... But it's like, oh, wow, like that, that is how it works. That is yeah. how we function as, as humans. That's the way God has made us. And, and um, it's amazing to hear how, how that's been true in your situation, like how, how God has been able to point you to maybe it's not look at the birds or look at the lilies, but look at this and that and this. And you've been able to kind of absorb those moments and store those in your heart, treasure those in your heart. Mm-hmm. And that has sounds like been so life giving, uh, for you. Um, so that's really, really cool to hear. It's, um, it's an, and it takes an active choice. Yeah. You know, there's some days I'm just like, Nope, there's no way there can be a God. And, and it's like immediately I feel guilt or I can go down that rabbit hole. And, and that's the thing is, it's not black and white. There's not one person that has got this Christianity thing figured out. And I think especially when your personality is black and white, you you can't live in the gray. And there's a lot of gray. Yeah. There's a lot we don't know. And yeah. and so I think that's where people get hung up is, and especially me growing up, like I, my mom always said, I'm, I was the kid, but why, but why, but why, you know? and everything but why and Sawyer's definitely a but why he he got that mm-hmm. honest but um there's so much that I've just had to resolve within myself to say I'm not going to know the why but this is what I've been given and this is what I see and these are my two options and I'm choosing to have faith yeah. I could choose the other but even when I'm doubting I'm choosing to have faith mm. and now, I may have a bad attitude, and when I stand before the Lord one day, <laughs> He may, you know, say something different. But He knows my heart, and He knows what I'm, what we go through, and where I need to be met. And I'm, it's an active, constant choice to choose Him. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not. When you have the questions in the middle of the night, your mind is spiraling, but. There's a lot of times where I'm just saying, I'm sorry, Lord, I don't know. Yeah. But my option is to serve you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, 
as we kind of bring the conversation to a close, um, first of all, is there anything else that, that you want to share just kind of about this whole journey as a family? And then also what's the most recent update? I know just the other day, uh, there was an appointment in Pittsburgh. And so that's kind of the most recent update there. Um, but yeah, just free range on, on, on all of that. Well, just you sitting here talking and different things you're saying, there's so much that Sawyer encompasses and that he, it's like a friend told us when he was diagnosed, Sawyer is not done showing the world Jesus. And I, he's Mr. Positive Susie. Like he just, you know, I'll be like, man, that car almost hit us, you know, and and driving. He's like, well, mama, maybe they were just having a bad day or they sneezed. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, like (laughs) the, there's just so much that he sees the joy in. And we were told, we were asked, what is a word that describes Sawyer? And it is joy. I mean, there's been so much that he has gone through that no child should ever go through. He's been poked and prodded, and all along he's just done, continued to do what we've asked him to do. And and even when he didn't understand, he had faith in us, you know, and, and his little example within that, that he did it with a good attitude. And it's uncomfortable and it hurts, but he knows it's going to make him feel better. And so there's just so much that he has taught me mm. through all of his hardships. And um, that's, it's, it's just, I'm amazed, which, you know, I'm a proud mama. I'm amazed by both my kids, you know, and, and just um, things they teach you constantly. But Sawyer's mentality through everything has just been so any other personality and it could be a completely different life for him and he just owns he just owns it and um if you know people who haven't followed along with us saw your trifunctional protein deficiency and basically his body doesn't have the ability to break down fats for energy so instead of that his body eats his muscles and so it leads to neuropathy and cardiomyopathy um, and then retinopathy blindness and so your heart being a muscle so we have to keep his reserves up and um, he can very quickly go into his body eating itself so when he starts showing weakness his body's starting to eat himself you know he has a risk of overexerting himself and having a heart attack because that's what his body will do is start breaking down any muscles it can find and the heart's a pretty strong muscle you know mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> so after he was diagnosed um i i just you know y'all i don't even think i thought of of fundraising or helping you know and it's just kind of grown you know y'all came to us and it was like oh okay like that would be really helpful and um, then it just like the outpouring of strangers and people that we don't even know. I mean, would just give these generous donations. And so now here we have been able 
the the doctors in Pittsburgh are like, I never knew. I would know what Bowling Green, Kentucky is, but buddy, they do now, and <laughs> they know our church family is our is our biggest support. And um, I think that just attests to we're part of God's family, and and everyone here and and strangers have shown us Jesus's love and treated us as family. And um, so the the most recent update with him is um, our funding from last year. There were a few big ones. Um, there's a medicine, Sawyer deals with neuropathy, and um, just him, he can't feel his hands and feet very well. And so something simple that just shows how he's just overcome, we couldn't figure out, he goes to kindergarten, we couldn't figure out which hand he wants to write with. Well... I said, buddy, is there one that feels better? And he said, well, when one gets tired, I just switched one. When that one gets tired, I just switch back to the other one. And we were like, well, okay, sounds good. So he writes with both hands. Wow. And um, there's just so much that he has figured out on his own. And um, so neuropathy is is one of his big things. And currently there's no treatment to help with that. And... Um, so the medicine that they're working on, they're moving to clinical trials with it, which is really exciting because that would be something really, really helpful for Sawyer. Last year, they had to do a skin biopsy. It was really painful for Sawyer. And um, his when, when they got his genetic report or cells and fibroblast, his cells align very, very closely to the mice that are in the mice trials very very similar so any research or things that they are using with Sawyer's cells or with these mice Sawyer's most likely going to react with you know the same mm-hmm. way these mice are and everything this doctor's doing right now it's succeeding in, in the mice wow. trial so the future is so so hopeful we're just not there yet and um and another thing is a, is a device that could help us know like a glucometer with just a finger prick that would show us if Sawyer's body was releasing the enzyme it it does to break down muscles. And so currently, if he th- if he throws up more than once, we have to dash to the ER. And um, so we keep emergency bags packed, ready to go at any point because his body can break down. When these kids start looking sick, their body's already breaking down. Hmm. And so that's the scary part is how quickly he could decompensate. And um, so, but this device would be able to show us that, oh, we have a little bit more time. His body's not breaking down just yet. You know, like yeah. we don't have to be be gone within 30 minutes out of the house, which we, we've done it. We've we've done the emergency run. In fact, I think one night we were yes. hosting a Devo and mm-hmm. he got sick right before and, and we had to go and y'all were just great. We were like, all right. <laughs> Yeah. Eat your dinner, enjoy, <laughs> you know, we're going to the hospital. And, um, but, um, that's really exciting that, yeah. um, the biggest thing is they have, uh, gene therapy, gene replacement therapy, which would cure, mm. um, it. And they have, have identified it has to be a virus that's the carrier that gets the genes into the new genes into the body. So essentially, they have been able to identify that through, our funding of the research mm-hmm. and he was just thrilled and um the doctors 
are he's very much like in the next five to 10 years, this is going to look a lot different. And, you know, when we were first diagnosed, it was in 10 to 15 years, this, this could look a lot different. Mm-hmm. And now he's saying this is going to look a lot different. And it's because wow. of what we have raised, because all extra funding for the for research has gone to COVID mm. research. And so that's what the government's pushing is COVID research and this and that. And so we get poo-pooed to the side. So honestly, it's just, you know, if if you want to help something and you know that you want your money to go to something great, like absolutely reach out to us because we will, we keep a running... <laughs> deposit going Mm -hmm. to Pittsburgh for this doctor's research and the ability to that that we have been able to do with our funds is so encouraging and and uplifting especially after this last appointment because so much headway was made um this last year and um it's kind of what we again I was getting I was getting real stressed with this race and tired and run down and I just thought, Lord, here we go. Another little pick me up. Like, this is why you're doing this, Katie, you know, is is to keep getting big news like this. And so they were very encouraged with how Sawyer's body is. And so we're just we're just thankful there for what he has. He is doing so very well and we're just so very thankful for that. And I know that's the Lord. Yeah. And wow. yeah. Wow, that that is that's amazing. Um, I have kind of been following, you know, the kind of the Facebook like updates and, and tracking, you know, and getting you know some of the more detailed information there. But um, hearing that breakdown of it was really helpful, and that's just that's just awesome that yeah. all of that has has come together in these past couple years. Yeah, and. Uh, how how much the the fundraising has immediately affected all of that um wow so uh before we close there's one story that i've been thinking about just through this whole conversation and it kind of relates in some ways to the question of why you know why does god mm-hmm. allow things like this and the truth is like we've been saying there's there's almost never a clear answer. Um, and just because there's not a clear answer doesn't mean that there's not one, that God doesn't have a right. good reason. Right. But in this story, there is a reason given. It doesn't satisfy everything. It doesn't get rid of all of our questions. But when I, when you were talking about Sawyer, I could not help but think of this and how true it is for for him, how true it is of him. And it's when in John 9, Jesus heals the man born blind, but these uh, people come to him, his disciples ask, Rabbi, why why has this happened? Why is this man born blind? And they have their own reasons. They have their own speculation. But his response is so powerful. He says, um, it is that the works of God might be displayed in him. And when I think about this whole journey that y'all have been on as a family and everything that he has uh, embodied as this 
young boy and his life and his joy in this strength that comes only from the Lord and all of the people that he's impacted, I can't help but be convinced that at least part of the reason is that the works of God might be displayed in him, and they certainly are. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's, I hadn't thought about that. I'm going to go home and underline that in my Bible. <laughs> well, Katie, thanks so much for joining today, for sharing this story, this journey that you've been on as a family. And just like I shared earlier, um, that prayer in Colossians 1, everyone is, is praying that over y'all right now. Um, from, from the moment we heard, we've not ceased to pray that God will strengthen y'all and give y'all joy. And uh, you know that he's surrounded you with this army of friends and family. Yes. <laughs> and um, and I am very, very grateful for um, who y'all are and the ways that y'all have uh, been so encouraging even when y'all have needed the encouragement uh, yourself. So Well, I'm, I'm honored that you even asked and I don't feel like we're anything special <laughs> but because uh, you know the best medicine we can have is is prayers and that's what gets us through and and you know when you have a have a something you know tragic happen or some big event in your life people are you know the it's the beginning that people are like, what do you need? What can mm -hmm. I, I think I asked one person for toothpaste. Like I was like, yeah. I need toothpaste today. And they brought it to our house. But like, it's, it's the constant, the people that stick with you that are like, I'm still praying. Mm -hmm. I pray for you every day. And the amount of people that text me that or say that, or, you know, you asking me to do this and saying all the kind things you say, like that's, that's what gets us through. So I appreciate it. Of course. Well, um, well, we're looking forward to the race coming up here in just a couple <laughs> weeks. Still some, some preparation to go for that. But yes. um, again, if you haven't signed up, uh, it, it really does make a difference. And Every um, little bit counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of fun, too. Yes. So, yeah. But again, thanks, Katie. Appreciate y'all so much. Thank you.